everybody, my name is Elliot Waters and you're listening to the Dysregulated Podcast. As always, thank you for tuning in. Now, it has been a while since an episode has been uploaded, so you probably remember me saying ad nauseum about the fact that if you were to overlay a mood chart with a podcast output chart, you would see a very strong association. When things are going good, we're making episodes. When things are going particularly bad, we are not making episodes. And let me tell you, the last couple of weeks have been absolute hell, my version of hell. And a lot of it has to do with intrusive, obsessive thoughts. So I have a lot of diagnoses. If you're new to the show, let's go through a few of them. So we have recurrent depressive episodes, which we're in right now. We also have bipolar disorder type 2, ADHD, borderline personality disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, social anxiety disorder, possible seasonal affective disorder, and OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, without compulsions. That is without compulsions, but certainly with the obsessive thoughts. Now, of all the diagnoses that I have and have been treated for over the last 16, 17 years, OCD is probably the one that has not been looked at as as firmly or as deeply as it probably could have been. And I think that is causing massive problems at the moment. Now, it's not just the OCD. So these obsessive, intrusive, negative thoughts, which unfortunately I can't go into too much detail at the moment because I'm still trying to get a hold of them and process them and be comfortable about talking about them, um, including in therapy, which has been very difficult. But it's not just OCD at play. So the way I see it is it's the OCD that is creating the framework for these obsessive thoughts but then it's other disorders that are putting in the input, the material, the themes and issues that we think about. Now, borderline personality disorder is playing a big role in this at the moment, as well as the general depression sort of feeling as well. A lot of the themes and issues are around self-esteem and insecurities, nothing new for me. But I tell you what, these intrusive thoughts have just been constant. There has literally been no let up. Even as I'm talking right now on the show, these thoughts are playing in the back of my mind. So I'm at work earlier today trying to concentrate and be mindful, working on whatever it was I was doing, whatever task I was given, giving it my all, of course. These obsessive, intrusive, negative thoughts just kept on going. And it's been like this for a few weeks. There is just literally no let up. As soon as my eyes open in the morning, boom, there they are. And they're the last thing at night I think of before I go to sleep as well. So how have I been coping with this newfound problem of mine? Now, of course, it's not really newfound. I've always had obsessive thoughts. That's always been a pretty big characteristic of my presentation, but never before have they been this intense, unbelievably intense. I I, I need to say it again, they literally don't stop. They literally do not stop. It doesn't matter what I'm doing, 
It doesn't matter how I try and put the walls up so that I don't let them in. These negative thoughts, they keep charging in and they just do not stop. I'll say it again. Every single waking moment, these thoughts are just going and going and going. Okay, so as you can imagine, things have been unbelievably difficult. There has been a huge amount of emotional strain and we have just about been at our wits end, hence why there haven't been many uploads of the podcast. So this is what's what's happening moving forward. There's actually a plan which is very exciting. So recently I purchased private health insurance. So private health insurance here in Australia allows you access to obviously private hospitals and they have services and abilities to help individuals with mental health concerns that the public system just cannot do. And that is true because I rang yesterday the New South Wales Mental Health Care Line and really I wasn't in crisis so much, although I'd say I've sort of been in crisis for a couple of weeks now, but you know we, we were okay enough to make the call. But the reasons for the call were simply is there anything in the public system that can be offered for me and my my predicament? And she basically said, you're such a complex case. Um, we've really exhausted all possibilities. There's only so many times you can go to the Martyr Hospital. I've mentioned that many times on the show before, the Martyr Hospital, the local mental health public hospital here in Newcastle that I've frequented many times and have got very little out of. And she basically said, the last thing I want to do is go back to the martyr. What you need to do is get into a private hospital, psychiatric ward, and they'll have options there for your case that the public system just do not provide. So there you go. No more of the public system. She actually said too, and I thought this was quite good. She said that I am the perfect candidate for the private hospital system. The reasons being, well, one, I'm actually at that stage where I do want to change. I am willing to change and do the things that I need to do to get better. I've done a lot of therapy before. I've taken a lot of medications, but never until this point have I been committed completely and wholly to change, to changing my life for the better, to turn this ship around. So instead of heading for the rocks, we're heading for the Bahamas or somewhere beautiful, you know what I mean? My magic place, which is really just to live a life where most days are pretty good. That would be good because at the moment, every day is a terrible day. Another reason why I'm a perfect candidate is because at the moment, I don't engage in substance abuse, which is good. And because I have a honours degree in psychology, that also shows that I am ready and willing to do whatever it takes to get back on top, to get that spark back, to get the old Elliot back. That would be so amazing. Now, how have I been coping with the rumination, the intrusive thoughts, all that sort of stuff? Well, the first thing is, We've been proactive, so ringing the mental health care line, what are my options? Going to the GP regularly, seeing what's going on there. Organizing to try and get into a private hospital to get the help that I need, which is important. And one more little point about that, 
It is very frustrating. In Australia, when you take out private health insurance for psychiatric services, you have to take the top cover. So it's very expensive. At the moment, I'm working two days a week because that's all that my doctor recommends that I do. So that means pretty much all of my income is going towards these medical bills. This brain of mine, this brain that will turn around soon and be running extremely well and I can't wait for, but very expensive. But the biggest problem is there's a two-month waiting period. So September the 11th, that fateful day, but this year I signed up for private health insurance. So that means from that date, it's two months until you can access psychiatric care through them and the private system. So that means my earliest admission date would be November the 11th. Put that in your calendar. November 11th is when it all changes, hopefully. But in the meantime, we need to hold on. And these thoughts are just getting a grip on me like never before. And it is It's unbelievable, really. It is unbelievable how people's brains will turn on themselves. It is crazy. I've learned a lot about human behavior and the depths of the psyche these last couple of weeks. It has been terrible. And I will eventually say more about the nature of these thoughts and some of the conclusions they've been trying to give me and and how clouded my vision has been for the future and of myself, etc. But just at this point, I just don't have the confidence to explain it properly and in a way that I can handle and, and, and be okay with. So stay tuned for that. But as I said, the thoughts just keep coming and we've got to wait till November 11th. So what have we been doing? Well, I'll tell you what, we have been loading up on pharmaceuticals. I have been giving, given so many scripts for so many drugs and some heavy, heavy drugs. It is not funny. So at the moment, we are on still Vivance. So Vivance, you may remember, is the long-acting dexamphetamine. So an amphetamine. So that is for ADHD. And it is also being used to boost my mood and give me some energy so I can get out of bed and actually have breakfast, have a shower and do the basics which some days, I tell you, I cannot do. So we're still on the Vivance, the stimulant, the scheduled drug. What else are we on? We're on sertraline, the SSRI, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, antidepressant, pretty basic. That's that's pretty basic stuff, or at least for me at this point, it's basic. We are also now on CBD oil. So I've gone down that sort of track. So on the CBD oil, which is hopefully going to start uh, easing the worst of my anxieties, which would be very good. So that means it gets me out of that freeze mode. I unlock and I can do things like go out and go shopping, for example, or see a friend, you know, these basics that I guess a lot of people take for granted. And I certainly used to, but I don't anymore. That's for sure. Um, We are also on Progabalin or Lyrica. Which is which is quite a strong drug, which which induces euphoria, um, but the side effects can be a bit of memory problems, and you get a bit sort of spaced out on it. But it has been very good at putting these intrusive thoughts, maybe not away completely, but definitely dialing down the intensity. The problem is the levels of pregabalin that I'm having at the moment are starting to get quite high, because you do build tolerance quickly. 
and it's difficult because I do not want to take a rest day off it because the thought of these thoughts coming back in and being so intense and so destructive is something that I struggle to uh, sort of comprehend. So we're just pushing, pushing, pushing with the pregabalin. Uh, what, what other medications are we on? I'm probably going to forget some, but the next one, which I do need to mention, is a benzodiazepine, lorazepam. Now, benzos are dangerous. They're anti-anxiety drugs. Um, you may have heard of Valium, Valium or diazepam. That's another benzodiazepine. Extremely addictive, extremely good at removing the negativity of these these constant thoughts, or at least the intensity. So maybe they're still swirling, but we're not really noticing because we're in this sort of fuzzy, happy, euphoric sort of hazy sort of sense and then you combine it with the Lyrica and I'll tell you you're on a different planet but that planet is quite a way away from the planet that has these thoughts so we're using the Lyrica we're using the Lorazepam and these are heavy heavy drugs they're addictive and again memory problems there's, there's been things I've done not bad things but just things like at work can't remember doing it, everyone else can, but I've just blacked out and just been on autopilot, and that is a bit of a concern. But the thing is, the thoughts are so bad that I do not care. if I, I, I want memory loss. I don't want to remember this stuff. This stuff is terrible, and he's ruining my life. So, you know. Um, the other medication I'm on is, I just remembered, a new one, clonidine or catapress. So at the moment, because I'm stressed and, and in a really sort of low state, I tend to get motor tics. So I start blinking funny or I move my hand funny and it's very embarrassing. Anyway, the clonidine is used to try and help the motor tics. And there's been a little bit of success there, but I'm hoping there'll be a bit more coming. Um, clonidine, funnily enough, is very good for ADHD, in particular impulse control and stopping aggressive outbursts, so that's good too. And it is a blood pressure medication. I'll tell you what, my blood pressure has been through the roof, so clonidine has been helpful in lowering it, although we've got a long way to go, that is for sure. My blood pressure is terrible. But anyway, so that is sort of the latest of what's going on. I'm doing this episode, I'll admit, I'm doped up on the lorazepam, I'm doped up on the Lyrica, I'm doped up on the amphetamine, you know, there's a lot of caffeine floating around, we've got the nicotine here, which I'm going to hopefully quit in hospital, that'd be good, so hopefully this episode makes sense, but to sum up, things have been unbelievably terrible, like unbelievably, like these thoughts just pop into my head, I have zero, zero control over what these thoughts are going to be, what the intensity is, the frequency, which is constant. The frequency is constant. But these thoughts just jump in and do their thing. And I'll tell you what, the only option I have to dull them down is, unfortunately, very serious, hard pharmaceutical drugs. Terrible, terrible, terrible. But the good news is, November 11. The journey starts again, and we're going to do it with a renewed focus. We're going to finally have a team of specialists that are going to be looking at just me, and it's going to be quite exciting. They do offer quite a few different services. In another episode, 
I will go through that and explain probably the differences between, in Australia, the the public system versus the private, because there is a huge difference. And it is sad because to access the good stuff, you need money. And one of the biggest things that mental health does to people is lower their socioeconomic capabilities. So it's a real catch-22. And for me, I'm making huge sacrifices financially at the moment to pay these bills. But I'm hoping in the long run, the old Elliot will be back. And I'll tell you what, if he is, watch out world, because we will be ready to fire. Anyway... That is all for today. Thank you to everybody who supports the show. I do appreciate it. I promise there will be a few more episodes coming a little bit more quickly than last. And I did say in the last episode, for those that remember it, it was a little while ago, that I would do the discharge papers from my latest trip to the Mater Hospital. That is definitely coming. I have the sheet of paper on my desk, so I'll record that soon as well because it also offers some insights into how this is all ramped up and the difficulties that we've had controlling it, very much so. But you got to keep on punching, you know. It's like Rocky in the 14th round, he gets knocked down by Apollo Creed that represents life, and he gets back up and he says, Oi, i got more left. Let's dance, baby. And that's what we're doing. We're dancing all the way to November 11th. And then, my God, I hope that is the catalyst for some big changes in my life. Fingers crossed. Fair dinkum. Anyway, thank you again for listening. I do appreciate it. You can follow the show on Instagram at thedisregulated.podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram, if you'd like, at elliot.t.waters. And if you are enjoying the show, feel free to give us a rate. Five stars would be amazing. And you can give us a review as well. And if you really want to, and it might prove beneficial to a friend or a family member, feel free to share the show as well. Because there is no, I'm telling you, there is no mental health podcast on the internet that goes as deep and as raw and as genuine and as honest as this one. So let's get it out there. All right. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I will talk to you soon on the next episode of the Dysregulated Podcast.